Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. So good morning, everyone. Today, we have Adam Glendai with us. He is with At The Pursuit, which is a group of experienced therapists that have come together to offer best-in-class consult uh, counseling services. So Adam, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your time and experience with us. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me on to Impactful Leaders. <laughs> thank you. So you're all over the place uh, when it comes to what you're doing in Rotary, um, ATP, you're involved in all this community service. What started it all? Like what led you to even beginning down this road of community service? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, being a therapist, I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Georgia. I've been practicing for 15 years. Um, and you know, in, you know, what all started becoming a therapist, getting involved in community service is uh, throughout my life, I've, I've been involved in team sports, athletics. Um, I've been involved in community service efforts. And ultimately, like I get joy and I feel fulfilled whenever I'm able to serve other people. Mm -hmm. And so, so you know, designing my life around caring for others and giving others like it's a, you know, it's a rewarding system in every direction, professionally, personally, relationally, uh, to be able to help my community, uh, to help my family, to help my neighborhood, uh, and then reaching out into the world through partnering with bigger organizations. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, I've, I've designed the life where filling the cup of others also fills my cup. So, so that's, that's kind of how it all got started was when I was honest with myself and said, like, you know, like what makes me happy, what gives me fulfillment and it's seeing other people succeed It's seeing other people to be able to be healthy and happy and design, I designed my life around that. I love that. Not many people actually take action on those things when they see that happen. Um, and then as we were talking the other day, you also do a lot of work with the Rotary Club as well in the Peach City. Like what exactly do you do with Rotary? And then what does your group as Rotary do? Because you mentioned you guys have some really cool projects. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Rotary International is the world's largest community service organization. And um, you know, uh, back in the 60s and 70s, um, one of the world's biggest concerns was polio. And um, you know, the government, all these you know, world health organizations, uh, they, they were trying to figure out how do we give vaccines? How do we help, how do we help people with polio? And they decided to ask community service organizations, hey, will you help us if we give you vaccines and 
uh, will you be volunteers and help us administer sugar cubes to people? Uh, and it just, you know, it, um, with the vaccine in it. Um, and since then, Rotary has been instrumental around the world um, helping, solve, helping solve problems. And so, you know, so in my community service efforts and trying to like, you know, I moved to Atlanta and the Atlanta metro area um, in 2007. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, trying to find where do I fit in? How do I become a part of this system at that time of 6 million people, um, but still be able to, you know, being, you know, like making, you know, make an impact uh, that I've, I've searched high and low for community service organizations and uh, the Rotary Club, I just kept hearing about it. And they said it you know, and my friends and people that I got to know, they said, you know, um, if you want to help more people help organizations that are helping organizations. And so that's what I started doing. Was like, I was like, all right, well, you know, instead of me just getting involved in one you know, one area of service. Well, what if I attach myself to an organization that had seven areas of service? Everything from environment to um, health to clean water to um, to women's health. And now Rotary uh, this year has made a worldwide initiative for mental health. And so ding, 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 as a therapist, I'm very, very excited about that. So at the Rotary Club, we partner in Peachtree City, specifically where I'm located. Um, we partner with 25 local organizations, and so I don't get to pick one organization. I yeah. get to I get to say, okay, through Rotary Club, we're partnering with 25 local organizations. Everything from veteran efforts to foster, fostering children, literacy. Uh, it, it's been super excited and exciting to do that. And so probably the, the, one, the one area that I'm most excited about um, you know, is mental health related where um, you know, uh, just, just a few months ago, uh, we partnered with an organization called Artpreneur where myself and about 50 other professionals that are in creative spaces, uh, we were able to put on a week long or weekend long, um, long um, boot camp, mm -hmm. seminar, whatever we want to call it, um, helping the next generation of creatives uh, that are going to impact the world because film, television, writing, social media, and we were able to equip them to be excellent at what they do. And they invited me to come and speak for an hour about how treating their brains, their bodies, and their mental health will help them impact more people in a healthier way through whatever their creative task was. That's awesome. Can you share a little bit, like maybe a, a snippet of like how? How does it help them? Like, how does it transfer? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, you know, so, 
as a therapist, I, I work with the whole of the person, not just your mind, but your body, your relationships. And, um, and I, I come from a background where I worked uh, for three years with, a, uh, with Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD. Oh, nice. um, and so I was working with creatives from you know, my internship year during my master's uh, for the next several years after. So I have a, I have a great um, a great heart for creative people and great relationships with creative people. And one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of creatives, when they get going on a project, maybe they're painting, maybe they're building a website, uh, maybe they're working on editing photos or a feature film or a commercial, um, well, they begin to sleep less. Uh, they rely on caffeine, they rely on sugar, um, and they just get tunnel vision on the projects. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and the next thing you know, three, four days later, they're running on fumes and the quality of what they're doing starts taking a nosedive. Um, and just seeing case study after case study after case study uh, for the last 15 years of people doing that, I was like, man, like, you know, uh, it, I think there's a need to be able to say, your work is important. And that's why you're, that's why you want to go hundred miles an hour into it. But we need to take a little bit of time and discover for ourselves, like, what is my zone of being excellent? Mm -hmm. and, and how can I stay there instead of going beyond that? And then the work begins to suffer. Yeah. So spending a little time, a little bit of time helping, helping the creatives understand about diet, sleep, exercise, taking space to be able to give and receive feedback uh, on their work. Who are they inviting into their process uh, instead of isolating? Yeah. And it's also a very interesting group of people because they're going to influence a lot of other people. Like, yes, you have to take care of yourself, but then they could include some of those, <clears throat> excuse me, some of those things into you know, their messaging, their social media, whatever they're doing, and then reach even more people. Because the more people that reaches, the benefit as a society, I'm glad that it's becoming a little bit more open to talk about. Um, yeah. It's only going to help other people. For example, you also, you mentioned you work with another group that you lead um, who have like DUIs and either drug issues and they're veterans and recovery from mental health, substance abuse, re alcohol recovery. I have a lot of friends that have had issues that have passed away because of it as well. And so it's like, a, you're hitting the full spectrum. You're helping the people that can tell the story, but what exactly do you do with those other, like the veterans and the people that are going through those recovery processes? Right, right. Yes, yeah, so I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so I work in, in Fayette County, where uh, where Peachtree City and Fayetteville are. Um, Fayette County State Court, the DUI Court, Drug Court, and Veteran Treatment Court. And so these are these are amazing people in our community that um, that you know whether they have an addiction issue, whether they have relationship issues. Um, you know, maybe the, and even on the veteran side, we have we have several people that have mental health issues uh, that ended up um, ended up they ended up breaking the law, um, and um, you know and um, I say this all the time that you know some that people will get you know can get one DUI not will get but they could get one DUI 
and they they're healthy and adaptive and they're like man you know like i should have called an uber when i was going home from this wedding or this celebration from a promotion like yeah i really shouldn't have driven and i'm really glad that that i had a corrective experience of getting this dui i don't like the impact financially on it but i'm really glad i didn't kill anybody or myself yeah. um but the the program the programs the accountability programs it's people that have multiple uh, multiple DUIs um, or veterans that that um, they have multiple incidents with the law because of their mental health or substance use or alcohol abuse that that you know they end up um, you know legally they could be spending months or years in jail as a result of their decisions mm -hmm. and so instead of locking them up and throwing away the key for a couple of years. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, especially in Fayette County, every county has you know, different costs for um, for um, you know, putting people in jail. But in Fayette County, it's eighty nine dollars a day for someone to be in jail. Um, and so through this program that Judge Jason Thompson started in Fayette County, um, he has it, by by having people in this program, he has saved our county over a million dollars, over a million dollars, by giving people therapy, uh, um, drug testing, uh, giving people um, group counseling, requiring AA meetings on the veteran side, getting veterans that are wanting to serve other veterans, giving them mm -hmm. mentors, and they're able to build support. And one of the requirements is that uh, in that program, they have to either be volunteering or be gainfully employed 32 hours a week, where when people are having mental health issues, substance or alcohol use and abuse, most of our people were not working 32 or more hours a week. They were yeah. calling out. They were leaving their families or their families were leaving them. And so uh, my team were able to go and were able to provide group counseling and individual counseling. Um, and we help equip them to be become gameful members of society. And since our program has started, um, there has been an 80% reduction in recidivism and repeat repeat offenses where the people that we're serving were already offending multiple times. And to see an 80% reduction, not only does it help save money from jail and government spending, uh, but it's it's restoring families. It's providing, um, it's providing, employment uh, mm -hmm. employment on on our community and we've we uh, i've seen over a hundred graduates of this program where families are saying oh my goodness i have my son back i have my daughter back i have my spouse back and employers are coming to the graduations and saying thank you judge and yeah, and it's just an honor to be to be a part of that program and and yeah, as a community service effort. Yeah, what are some of the big things that you see that are transferable, like from the creative side to those people you mentioned? I'm assuming it's like stay active, go to the gym, like 
there's just the more times I feel like if people just take care of their bodies, move, the things you don't necessarily want to do, they seem lame, seem, it's not the magic pill, but what are some right. of those other things that you see across all those other people that have recovered and are seeing progress yeah. that absolutely. everyone could really benefit from, even if it's more of a proactive approach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of times, the you know, whether on the creative side or um, people that get involved with the law, um, it a lot of times people they get the they get tunnel vision on what they're doing. They're ready for the next drink, or they're ready for the next creative project, mm -hmm. and they quit seeing the world. They just see this system that they've created, even if it's an unhealthy system, you know, um, substance use and abuse, or I'm creating great art, um, or you know, what they believe to be great art. Um, and they see it, you know, they see they don't see the diminishing returns of what they were doing. Yeah. It served a purpose for a while, maybe when they were in school all right, I finished the project, I got an A. But then they, the next semester, they're you know, back in the pattern and they've lost all their friends. They're not calling family, they're not connecting. Um, and, or the people that, okay, like I got a promotion, I'm gonna go and party and celebrate. Uh, well, then they end up getting fired from their job because they're not showing up anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and so it, so, um, so our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health, our relational health is something that, um, you know, we look at either end of the spectrum, uh, you know, creatives and offenders. Um, and then we look at, you know, business leaders, uh, you know, business leaders, parents, coaches, teachers, and the people that are most successful in life are the people that build community are the people mm -hmm. that are connected in their community. And so, so the diet, the sleep, the exercise, the relationships, if people are being proactive about all of these things, along with being willing to invite others in and give, give and receive feedback, they're the ones that are the most successful. I like that. I'm processing it. I because have you ever, have you seen the documentary Stutz? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say so good. that like perfect triangle, and I love the community aspect where if you look at those blue zones, where people mm -hmm. that live ex like much longer than the average person, and it's not just they're hanging on to life, but they're a hundred years old and they look like they're seventy. They're right. bowling. They're playing bingo. Like they're they might not be driving or whatever, but they're living good lives. One of the they big are. things that you all see, it's movement, community, allowing people to give feedback. It's all the ingredients you just talked about. Right. So I hope it kind of all goes together. Yeah. And as someone that's involved into the community and that being something that is very important for mental health and kind of what like recovery, you need to have people around you. What do you recommend to other leaders and people trying to get involved into the community? Like where, what's that first step? And then how do you view just that overall process, because being involved in a community, a leader in a community is a, it's a big thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, the, the short answer is be consistent, mm. right? So if you are, um, if you're a creative, find a creative way to be involved. Uh, if you're into technology, 
find a way in technology to be involved. If you're into sports and athletics, find a way in sports and athletics to be involved. Um, so much of the time when people, they try something and they quit doing it, it's because they're outside of their zone of excitement, their zone of competency. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, I love my dog, um, but I don't personally, I don't want to go work at a humane society or dog shelter because scooping poop does not excite me. Um, I'm going to go one time and I'm never going to go back. Um, but for me, being around other leaders that are inspired and inspiring, that like that's my zone of competency and my zone of excitement is being around other people that are impacting the world mm -hmm. and that are impacting their community. And so I, you know, I don't necessarily need to lead an organization. But I want to be involved with other people that are making making that impact. Yeah. Um, and so, so you know, whenever I'm working with um, you know clients that are um, entrepreneurs or leaders or uh, people, and they're saying they're saying like, you know, I'm really dissatisfied in life. I've got a great job, you know, I've got a good family, but like, I don't have any hobbies. I don't have this and and they find themselves, I use the analogy of like a lights, you know, multiple light switches where they clock in for work and they turn that light switch up and then they turn it off and they go home and they flip that switch and then they flip it down. Um, and they're constantly just changing and they're changing their roles, they're changing what they're doing. And so cons finding consistency where you're not turning lights on and off all day long, but all of your lights are on and it's not overwhelming. It's not draining. It's something that day in and day out, you can find that consistency. And I'm not, I'm not a huge car guy, but I know that my vehicle gets really great gas mileage at 60 miles per hour. <laughs> right. And so that, that, you know, if I can consistently drive my life in that metaphor of 60 miles an hour, then I can go for decades, but if I'm if I'm hitting the gas pedal all the way down, you know, to the floor, and trying to go a hundred, well, I'm going to burn out really quickly. I'm going to run mm -hmm. out of gas in life really, really quickly. And or if I'm going twenty miles an hour, especially on the interstates in Atlanta, um, if if I'm doing that, well, I'm going to cause a lot of harm to myself or other people. Mm -hmm. it, and so I'm going to get bored. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check out. So, so my, my best advice to anybody that is a leader or wants to be a leader is to be reflective of yourself and ask what fills me up, what drains me, but then what do I find myself wanting to do on a consistent basis? Yeah. And how can I, not only through work, but for my community, make it happen on a consistent basis. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. Um, is there, before I let you go, is there anything that you're trying to promote right now that you want to share about? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, another quick story. One of the one of the most exciting leaders that I've been working with is a guy named Stan Tucker, and he has an organization called Leap for Literacy. And um, and I met Stan Tucker back in 20, 2014 when I first moved to Fayette County. I met him at the gym, and he just he's a great guy that had a smile on his face every time I met him. And one of my favorite questions I ask people is, what, is in, what inspires you? And he told me the story about how, um, how he grew up in a non-affluent area um, and how the, the, the thing that excited him the most was going to a library and picking out a library book because he was able to get out of his situation and be able to be like, you know, he could be somewhere in a city and exploring something he could be in a jungle doing something books would just teleport him around the world and give him hope and so he said he said i want to be able to inspire people through literacy through reading mm -hmm. and he had this idea of not not taking kids to a library but bringing a library to them and so he wanted to set up a mobile library and go to less affluent areas of the Atlanta area. And he ended up getting um, partnering with Zach Brown from the Zach Brown Band. And they and um, Zach gave him an old tour bus of his and they they transformed it into a read and roll library. And the thing that the thing that Stan did is he said, you know, I want, I want, I want to give books, but the thing is, I want the students to earn books, and the currency to earn the book was kindness, and so the kids had to, the kids had to um, do acts of kindness and read ten minutes every day, and if they did that, and they sh they showed their teachers and wrote down what they did to be kind to others. Then when he rolled up in that read and roll library, they could get a book. Mm -hmm. And um, the next time he came and it has caught fire and he is going around and around and around <laughs> giving books, giving books to kids. But not only that, and sorry, I'm going on and on because no, Stan just he excites me. Um, his passion is great. And what he's turned it up one more notch where he said, he said, not only do I want to give people books, but I want to create authors. And so he, so through his organization, Leap for Literacy, he is creating offers where not only does he give them books, but he gives them the materials that they need to write their own books. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so for the last couple of years, we've been um, for $1,500. It's not, it's not a lot of money for $1,500. We can take a book that someone that one of the kid authors has created and we can publish it. And the, and the most exciting part about the organization is when they publish that book, 100% of what is sold for that book, the author gets. And so it can help feed their families. It can create an education fund. 
And so I can go and buy their books on Amazon, give them to my nieces and nephews for their birthdays and Christmas and uh, give them to the local kids and, my, and through my organizations yeah. uh, that I partner with. And so just the way that Stan has leveled up, it, it like <laughs> he, it, he inspires me and like you can see it on my face and my body language that, that this guy excites me. So, um, so check out leapforliteracy.org, check out Stan Tucker, what his organization is doing. And um, the last book that, that um, I helped publish was for a special needs author. Mm -hmm. And I have a brother-in-law with Down syndrome. And so working with a special needs community is very important um, to myself. And so, uh, so I was super excited. Um, you know, that we were able to uh, publish a book for a special needs author. And when he, when he got the, the professionally illustrated copy of his book and he saw it for the first time, I have never seen a more excited person than what I saw right there. I love that. You can definitely see the energy coming off of you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. people want to reach out to you though how if they want to learn about rotary if they wanted to learn about your organizations that you partner with or just how to be more active in their communities how can they reach out to you yep so um the pursuit mm -hmm. the they can go on instagram at the pursuit counseling or on facebook my page is the pursuit counseling i like to keep it pretty pretty consistent okay. um but I love reaching out to um, I love reaching out and um, and getting messages from other people that that are inspiring to me. So even if I'm not inspiring you, I want to be inspired. So <laughs> so please reach out to me and let me know what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much time uh, for your time today, Adam. I really appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing. Um, again, when it comes to mental health, I think it's one of those things that. Yes, it's come to the limelight. Still is a long way to go before it really becomes mainstream, even though it kind of seems like it is, but it isn't yet. So thank you for everything that you're doing and sharing your experiences with us. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on your Impactful Leaders podcast. <laughs> you. uh, I, look, I look forward to checking out all the other episodes that you have. Thank you, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you.